You're live. I'm live. We're live. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Gig Two Podcast, the Gig News of the Week show. Yeah, yeah. I'm Chad, the Gig Economist, with my co-host Hannibal is hungry up in Brooklyn. How you doing, man? What's going on? What's going on? Excited to talk to you again this week. I know Sundays at eight o'clock are my favorite time of the week. Aww. <laughs> and, and well, and. Sec- well, and and Wednesdays at eight when I do an interview show with somebody. Yes, so, yes. The last the last week one was really really good. We're uh we're becoming such a professional podcast now that we actually have not one but two ads. So um yeah. this we're gonna have to roll. I gotta roll the first ad. Don't worry, it's only I think it's only like thirty seconds or so. So this is an ad for uh, driver's utility helper. So here it goes. Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Yes. Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The Driver's Utility Helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today. All right. See how professional we are, folks? We got ads now. <laughs> All right. So, but before we get into the news, we always like to chit chat a little. And as always, we talk about our most interesting gig work. We At first, it was delivery, but you hardly ever do deliver anymore. So, but it's just your most interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could be a, your most interesting breakfast of the week at this point. I don't care. Well, yes. I, you know, again, no deliveries this week at all, but I do have some news about Rover. So Rover is going to be public tomorrow. The IPO is really set. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting once I didn't even know that was happening. Maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago, I, I saw some news and then CNN.com uh, dropped an article, like a hit piece, but I would call it a hit piece on Rover. How, you know, just like every other gig apps, every other gig, you know, there's going to be bad people who don't know what they're doing, and there's good people. And it was showing how, like, some dogs were missing, deceased, mm-hmm. and how Rover kind of... Oh, God forbid everything's not 100% perfect 100% exactly. of the time. <laughs> so they dropped that there. So I'm not I'm not a financial expert. I'm not going to be like Uncle Ben and tell you to go buy a lot of DoorDash <laughs> stock. But I'm too biased. So... Yes, I think there's room to grow in terms of people. More people are still at home, right? Remote work, and you can take care of a dog or a cat and still work at your regular job. It's, you know, it's not rocket science to take care of a dog or cat. And people are traveling, so I think Rover is kind of doing this in a smart way. Their business has like basically increased by forty percent this year because everyone's leaving to travel. So I think this is why they they're trying to go public right now. But I still think people are still traveling. And also, once once you find someone that can take care of your dog, you don't really go back to another person. So like if, you, if someone took care of your cats and they did a great job, mm-hmm. you're going to go to that person all the time. You're not going to really take – because, you know, it's your kids, basically. So I think there's room for it, but, you know, I'm not a financial expert. Hmm. But, yes, if I may get some uh, Rover stock tomorrow. Yeah. 
I don't think it's going to be quite as pricey as like Uber or Amazon or one of those companies, you know? No, and I don't <laughs> think so. But also, like, there's more. There's there's brand loyalty because yeah. you know, do you care about DoorDash ordering DoorDash and Uber Eats? Like a lot of these a lot of these places have the same apps, so you don't really have much of a. Mm-hmm. You're not really loyal to one unless you get like the passes or whatever, like Uber right. Pass or. But when you take when you find someone to take care of your dog, you kind of it's like your barber. It's kind of like your salon. Like you stick with that person forever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna put my money on. Cool. Uh, we got some people in the chat already. Valstot's voice is here. Rideshare Lisa, Kyle, Hannibal. Uh, <laughs> yes, and me too. Uh, Pedro is here. So I'm saying hi to everybody, and then everybody who also is watching but just hasn't uh, said hi in the chat. I know you're out there, so thanks for watching. By the way, let us know if our audio levels are too low or whatever. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah. so I got hosed like three times this week. <laughs> so. Yeah. A Wednesday, I was doing, it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I can't remember which day. One of those days. Like every Wednesday and Thursday, I always get a Whole Foods block in the afternoon. And sometimes they take me way up into the next the next county north of here. And it's a real pain because like there really isn't much to do up there. It's, it's like you either have to deadhead all the way back. You're deadheading somewhere. Right. Um. So, I and I only had... Like for a two-hour block, I only had two deliveries, and I, so I'm going to DeBerry, and I make the delivery. And of course, like if you finish, if you finish a, like a Prime Now or Whole Foods block with l- more than thirty minutes to go in your block, so like if you f- do, if you do like ninety-one minutes worth of work, they they let you cut out and like it, the app just ends like as if your shift had ended. But if you finished. 89 minutes or less, then it says go back to the store or go back to the warehouse. And wow. if I'm like in the vicinity, I will because, you know, more more orders means more money. Um, but, you know, when I'm like 30 miles away from the store, I'm like, no, I'm not going all the way back to the store. So I fire up Instacart. And <sighs> as soon as it pops up, like almost like a $40 triple batch out of the Publix, like right around the corner from where I was, pops up and I just swipe it immediately. Right. Which was kind of my first mistake. And it was like a huge triple order. It was like 50-something items, like 70-something units between the three customers. And this is like a gigantic store. I've been there before, so I know where most of the stuff is. By the way, I'm drinking this uh, uh, Ameno Italian-style Pilsner from Elder Pine Brewing. So Never seen what... it before. <laughs> yeah, I taste. I get all my beer online. You know, you you probably never heard of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so I get to the store, and I start walking in, and like, I realize like it's a like I have these. I've showed it in some of my ride along videos. I have these signs I printed up, and it just says, um, "This cart has not been abandoned." It's a there's an Instacart shopper doing a multiple order batch. I do plan on coming back for it, and like it has my name. It says, "This is a problem. Call or text me or page me." You know, and it has my name and phone number on it. And uh, I just forgot to bring it into the car. And actually, I got all the way to the store. As soon as I get under the overhead or, like, where I'm about to get into the store, it starts yeah. super downpour raining. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to bring my sign for the cart. I'm like, that's eh, fine. So I start shopping. And, this, like, it's really taken a while. 
and I get onto like the third customer. And so like, you know, I f- like the first two customers only had, were both fairly small orders, like maybe mm-hmm. they were like 10 items each. So I just shot mm-hmm. both at the same time, put them in one cart. And then I, I stash the cart. I put it, I usually, if I forget to bring my sign, I'll put it outside the men's room door. That way it looks like, like somebody's yeah, in, someone the men's room. in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. But then like the, the third customer had like a huge order and she was one of the rare customers that actually is following along with the shop. And of course they're out of a lot of stuff and then she wants to add stuff. And it was like the worst, the worst thing, if there's any Instacart customers watching the absolute worst thing you can ask the shopper to add is deli meat because then they have to go and wait in line. And yeah, I was like, ah, yeah, oh, yeah. why? And I'm like way on the other side of the store too. And like, this is like a gigantic store. It's like the size of like a Home Depot or something like that. Jesus. Um, yeah. So like I'm way on the produce section and she wants deli, which is way on the 180 degrees on the other side of the store. So I go all the way back there. Thankfully there's no lines. And like I tell, she just wants like a half pound of roast beef or something. And, um, so, you know, this shop was, was supposed to take about 30, 35 minutes and ends up taking, I think it was like close to, it's like 47 or 50 minutes. It was taking quite a while. Yeah. And I go to find, I go to go check out and I go to look for my cart and it's not there. I'm like, Oh fuck. And I also, I left my hat in the cart too. So I was kind of, you lost your hat. Yeah. So I go to the customer service desk and I say, (laughs) I left a, I was doing an Instacart shop. I left my cart over there. Um, did you guys do anything with it and they, like one of the guys says oh yeah we put your cart in the dairy cooler he's like did it have a white hat in it and i'm like yeah and he's like okay hang on i'll go get it i'm like oh thank god and i'm waiting i'm like i tell him like i'm gonna go to register 10 can you just meet me there he's like yeah fine yeah. so i'm waiting and waiting and waiting and it's like almost 10 minutes later he hasn't come back yet and i start to walk around the store trying to find this guy and i finally find him and he's just like oh somebody put all your stuff back but i found your hat and he gave me my hat and i was like <laughs> i was so so like i'm at, at this point i'm like i'm already an hour into this shop and i'm yeah. like so do i go and reshop all the items that's going to take another at least 20 minutes because like, you know i'm going to go through the the app like just going by pictures because i can't rescan the stuff yeah, yeah. And so I just, I'm like, so, I'm so, you ever get like so mad that you're not even mad? Like, like, <laughs> so like I'm, I'm more mad at myself than I am at the store because I'm like, oh, I should have brought that sign. But yeah. like this, in the three years that I've been doing Instacart, this situation has only happened to me once ever before. And it, like at that point, like it was like, it was only like a matter of like two or three items that got put back. So it wasn't that big of a deal at the time. But this is like 20 items I have to reshop. So I just message all the customers. And I say, sorry, I have a family emergency. I'm going to cancel your order and your batch is going to be shopped by another shopper. Sorry. And then I call Instacart and tell them basically the same thing. Although I could have just hit cancel batch within right. the app. But I decided to go through the chat. Because I was hoping like if I tell them, you know, even though I'm bullshitting saying I have a family emergency... Like they would it doesn't, it's not penalizing you. Yeah, for, but they, they still canceling. did anyway. In fact, remember the the ride along video that I did on I think July eleventh, where I had that mm-hmm. a batch just disappear. Like they 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 hit me with the cancellation fee or penalty. You know, my cancellation at the time it was only two percent and it went to three percent and now it's at four percent, which I mean it's really not that bad, but still I mean I guess it's the inconvenience of Yeah. They they are so desperate they're so quickly to just take cards. Yeah. I mean I, I understand because I'm sure they may have had like a really a 
assertive or aggressive manager or supervisor is like, don't leave things on the floor. If, you, if they're abandoned, just take it, get rid yeah. of it, put it back, that type yeah. of thing. So I was doing a triple shop today and like I remembered to bring my sign and and uh, that's another thing I got hosed on today. So like, I don't know if you saw, like I'm on, obviously I'm on Instagram. I think I posted it on my YouTube story too, but I, you know, on Uber Eats, they're doing this big, huge promotion. And I saw something the other day and it said $120 for completing three deliveries. And I was like, hell yeah. I thought I was going to make 120 bucks um, on three Uber Eats deliveries today. So I did three. It took me about an hour. I only made like 14 bucks, which I didn't really care because I was like, well, I'm going to get 120 bucks. And then right. like it, like usually whenever you hit that promo on Uber, um, mm -hmm. like as soon as you hit it, it'll show up on your pay like immediately. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like you hit your goal and like you get, here's your hundred dollars or whatever it is. Um, but uh, that didn't happen. I was like, what the hell? So I like, messaged Uber support on Twitter, and then they wrote me back in the app, and it said, you already got this promo last week. And I was like, I had to look closely at it. And I was like, oh, this. So basically, they offered me, they, they totally spammed me, or uh, f they. it's almost like phishing almost, is that Uber fished me. Uh -huh. And um, to like give me, the, like I already did this promo, like I I already, you know, so it should be expired, but like they, they showed it up in my inbox as if it was a brand new promo. So word of the wise, that's the moral of the story is you got to look closely at the, uh, the Re fine print there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they said so that was a recent message they gave you. Yeah. Like it just popped up, um, the other day. And actually, that's why I put it on my Instagram, my YouTube Do you stories. think they did that on purpose? To yeah. I think, yeah, I think they do it all over again. Yeah. Cause like if you don't read the fine print, um, actually that's kind of shitty. When you yeah. think of like really like. Well, it's Uber. I mean, yeah, you would know. You would yes, you should know. But the fact that, because I think a lot of what they do is these they just mass message, mass notifications. They blow up your phone, telling you certain things, not give you the fine print on. Oh, guarantee two hundred dollars when it's not really to two hundred dollars. It's you know they may supplement the rest of the money by making you do these terrible orders. Like it's the same thing. I was actually, I was going to ask you about you taking the triple batch, right? Yeah. Like the, the impulse swipe, like, is it yeah. always, usually it doesn't necessarily work out, but I feel like when we look at an order on our phone and we immediately hit accept without thinking about it, we, we kind of fall into making these kind of mistakes where you, you know, you just see that payout or you see something like you think it's going to be great. But if you gave yourself an extra minute to think about it, you probably would decide not to take it. Yeah. And yeah, that is the, the, the double-edged sword of Instacart is like, Hey, here's this really high paying batch. Yeah, no time oh yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's just going to take you 90 minutes or two hours to complete. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that it's like a quick auction with the Instacart. All right, so I mean, I think we're we're 18 minutes in. We haven't gotten to the news yet, so um, I had some more funny stories to share. But let, let's let's get into the news. So uh, our first story, our top story. This won't come as a surprise to anybody, but it is the DoorDash strike or day of rest or whatever you want to call it. There was a bunch of uh, articles. Well, actually, that's not really true. There was like two, and basically all the other sites just basically copied what was on vice 
So it's yeah, no I feel like Dasher. Vice was was Vice first? I believe they were first. Oh, that's um, the first article I've seen. This one's dated July 29th. There was also one on uh, Insider.com. I think, mm. which I actually paid Insider or Business Insider, whatever it is, is uh, behind a paywall. And it seems to be a pretty good uh, site, but it costs, um, I don't know, they have like a trial. I started using, have you ever heard of privacy.com where you, you create a virtual debit card and like you set a, a limit on it and like, yeah. um, so like you can just make every time, every single time you get like a trial offer or something like a subscription that you know you're not going to renew, you just create a virtual card, mm-hmm. subscribe to it, and then put the spending limit on whatever your uh, subscription is. That way, when they try to renew it, like there's no money left on that card, you know. Yeah. So that's that way you can't auto renew. So yeah. So on Insider was July 30th. Vice was July 29th. They're basically the same story, and they say they both cite the the reddit post and not valdestat sorry valdestat if you're if you're watching or listening um <laughs> because yeah because the, the the reddit post said like demands of i think was it 450 to base pay and yeah i've got it right here it said yeah gig workers are demanding that the platform show them their tips before they agree to deliver an order and institute a base pay of at least 450 per for per order um yeah, and like they 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 cite the there's also a TikTok video, and they mentioned the Para app. It said it's been downloaded two hundred thousand times, in, in the Apple Store and fifty thousand times in Google, and uh, so I mean there's really nothing in the Vice article that the us gig tubers uh, don't already know, and yeah. I had Valista on the show last Wednesday, so. Uh, check that out if you didn't if you didn't see it. Um, but basically, his point wasn't it wasn't so much like he he never said it was like a strike. He just said it's a call it a day of rest, and it wasn't so much about and it wasn't about you know getting the pace the base pay back up. It was about the tip transparency, yeah, which I agree with. So I actually it's not that I was participating in the strike or not or whatever, but I did not. DoorDash yesterday, and I'm I'm sure you didn't either. No, I didn't. Uh, they had uh, a had a fifteen delivery seventy five dollar challenge. I realized if you want to make money on DoorDash, what you do is you don't DoorDash for a while, and then they will be desperate enough to send you all types of challenges and offers. Where when you're sitting there working hard, and that's the thing that's kind of weird. Is like shouldn't you reward people who putting all these hours? Um, to give them more rewards. It seems like if you want something from these companies, don't dash for, don't do anything for two weeks. And then these emails come in. So, so that's why it's a good idea to have so many apps where like, hey, if I'm not using Uber Eats for two weeks, they will come to you with an offer where it actually will be worth your while or DoorDash or Grubhub. That's why it's important to not to stay in one app because yeah, they get desperate when you don't dash. They'll send you emails. Oh, we haven't we haven't heard from you from a while. What's going on? Like, you see, it's kind of crazy that you know you have to be the you know you gotta be the hot chick or the hot guy. <laughs> Let them come to you. You know the hot chick. All right. Um. Yeah. So it's funny. This is the second week in a row where we where, where the top story was a strike. <laughs> Because last week it yeah. was a Uber and Lyft strike, and this week it was a DoorDash strike, and 
like I said last week, and I'll say it again this week, is the problem like with these strike stories is that it's just they're just kind of boring. It's kind of like, hey, a bunch of people had a strike here for this reason, and then they never follow up on it. Like, did that do anything? So, I, Val, stop if you're watching. That's that's your homework. You gotta follow up with DoorDash and see if it made a dent or anything. I I think it would have been a if it would the articles were written a little earlier like a few days before, like they were kind of just like two, three days, what, two days before? Yeah, it was on the 29th and the 30th. So yeah, it was only like a day or two in, in advance. Yeah, it would. I it think would that's all probably... you really need though. It yeah. would have been nice that if like there was some actual, like if there was like a strike like at the DoorDash headquarters in San Francisco or something like that. We're already like a half hour in. We're only on the first story. <laughs> All right, so next story is Instacart CEO Approva Meta stepped down after a history of chaotic management, trophy hunting, and a vice-like grip on product development. This is from Insider.com. And like I said, Insider is behind a paywall. Um, so if you don't have a uh, subscription, um, well, actually, they'll let you watch like one or two articles for free before you have to pay, but... Um, this is kind of a, a, an interesting, I don't know if you'd say expose, but just kind of like a, a dive into what's going on with Instacart. And it's not like you would think from that headline, like it's kind of like drama or something or, you know, something yeah, like tabloid. Yeah, it sounds like he has some, some enemies that couldn't wait to talk about him while he's out the door about how yeah. much he sucked. It's mm -hmm. like, is it a lot of it? Is, is it legitimate or is it just a lot of enemies he made yeah. during his time as CEO. Well, there's something in the article where he says, um, it's actually not too long, but um, he said that all right, some former employees said user churn has been high due to product shortcomings. Inscart has also angered the gig shoppers who pick items from grocery stores and lure them to consumers' doorsteps. A few years ago, many shoppers complained that the company was pocketing large portions of the customer's tips. We talked about that last week. Some former yeah. employees who dealt with this backlash blame Meta for reacting slowly until it became a public relations issue, and the company abruptly changed its policy. They did exactly what DoorDash did at pretty much the exact same time. Um, yeah. Where they these companies do copy. There's a copycat. Yeah. They, if they they can see what what the other ones are doing and say, hey, mm -hmm. this is working. Maybe let's try this over here. I'm trying to see where somewhere in the article it said that he would um, he kept uh, hiring like. VPs, but then not giving them anything to do. So, like, that's when they say when he's trophy hunting. Like, he was going for, uh, let's see, people, chief product officer, senior, blah, 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 blah. So, you had like all these people leave after only a year or two. These, uh, CFOs, CGOs, CMO. Oh, you so know, anything see something executives oh. big deal big yeah. deal uh, people oh here it is meta is an effect is an effective recruiter but he had a tendency to trophy hunt high profile executives according to people familiar with his leadership the company would bring them on and trumpet their hiring with a press release but once they were aboard he'd give them little to do as he didn't want to give up control of product and was reluctant to take criticism or be challenged the people said mm. all right so yeah, again, I mean, we're not going to go over the whole story, but um, it, I mean, I would definitely recommend if you, there, you know, read this. Actually, it seem these paywalls seem to only be on 
like laptops and like desktop versions. And then if you read it on mobile, it's you're fine. I don't I don't get it, but because you think more people would read on mobile than on desktop, but I assume so. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm more hardcore into Instacart obviously than you are, but and we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago when uh, f- uh, the new Instacart CEO Fiji Simo. Uh, the French lady was hired. Yeah. And I mean, this, so this article just gets a little bit more into a little more detail than what we knew at the time. Do you, do you believe the allegations? Do you think, I mean, everyone seems like a lot of people had problems in Instacart and they, I guess, trying to remedy it by replacing a new leader. Yeah. Unfortunately, like other platforms where like DoorDash, I don't think it's possible to, to push I mean, they they they, they made, it made it possible, but you know, leadership, new leadership can turn things around. It can make things better yeah. if you pick the right person. So, you know, hopefully the new CEO can turn things around. Well, that's what happened. Uh, I was gonna say I don't I don't know if you remember this because it's probably way before you were into gig work, but you remember yeah. like back in I think it's like 2017, and like the early days of Uber. Their CEO, their founder, Travis Kalnick, or whatever. I've re- read about it. Yeah, I, yeah. Re- I remember watching. Yeah, and see, they booted yeah. him out because it was a really bad, toxic environment. Right? Yeah, oh, and yeah. then he either I think he he really more got canned than stepped down. But um, yeah. and then Dara has been the CEO ever since. And I mean, take it for what it's worth. If, if he's better or worse than Travis, but I guess he looks better in terms yeah. of his his public. Like, you know, he's out he's out uber you know he does he does uber eats for once ever mm. <laughs> you know, he, he seems like a little bit more of the pr but in terms of results i think people still have much a lot of problems with him as they probably did with yeah well you know what put a pin in that because we're going to come back to uber uh later in the show yes so um i i think i think instacart is sort of going through what uber went through a few years ago but I don't think it's nearly as scandalous. I think it's just the the founder, Apurva. Um, I think he just kind of, you know, like set in his ways, or like he's I don't want to say control freak, but it's just that it's like he has like like he thinks of the company as like his company and like yeah, I think and that's not, that's not a that's not something that's unusual. I mean, when yeah. you started something. It's great for that kind of leadership, that kind of personality to get it to a certain level. But then when you need to take it to the next level and they're not looking to improve, not to say look, looking to improve it, but they think I can do everything. You may need another person to step in with mm-hmm. a new look and to take it to the next level. So I think that probably is what happened. Yeah. So I that mean, situation. I'm uh, as far as this new VP, like, I mean, I kind of am you know kind of biting my nails a little because she's coming yeah. from facebook yeah and i'm just yeah. but it's also like good thing i i just kind of like man could things really get any worse i don't i don't understand i don't think they yeah. could really if, if she's if, the, if she's able to just be a better leader mm-hmm. and like i said hire people and actually give them responsibilities give them the the freedom to actually work and if you know facebook is a giant giant company that like, if she's able to do that without necessarily coming with any product ideas because i think that was the founder he, he had the product ideas she's just going to be a good manager then things should improve you would hope yeah so i mean i think it's more of a change like it's actual instacart employees in san francisco 
I would assume are the ones that are going to notice the difference. I don't know if things are really going to change on the shopper's end, you know? Yeah. So, actually, I should I should reach out to her, see if she wants to do an interview on the show. You think she'd do it? You know what? You can't, <laughs> you're not able, you won't know unless you ask. <laughs> I would just be, if she interviewed I mean, me the whole show, I'd just be like doing this, like. Well, <laughs> you'd be professional. That's what yeah. you'd be doing. <laughs> or I'd be like, like Joey, like. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would end terribly. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, next story. We do have a. All right, so we got a local news story. Um, you know, we we love to do these. So uh, I'm just gonna play the video. I think it's only about two minutes or so. So this is, um, spoilers. This is a Instacart shopper who is claiming that uh, the customer tip baited her so like the footage is from the customer's uh security door camera doorbell whatever yeah. the ring doorbell Gordy, thank you very much a woman says the person who filled her instacart order got angry over a tip and then returned to her home to give her a piece of her mind part of that interaction was caught on camera amber jayon spoke with the customer and has more on her concerns tonight amber well, that's right. Well, since the pandemic, more and more people have been skipping a trip to the grocery store. Instead, just placing an order on an app like Instacart or any other type of app where you can buy groceries, including leaving a tip, we're told that one shopper wasn't happy with that number. People take a tip away. This is part of the commotion Sarah Wells heard outside of her home last Thursday when she says an Instacart employee who shopped for her wasn't happy with the tip. I heard yelling and I didn't know who it was, but I could tell it was at my house. Right outside her front door was the woman who Wells said had just delivered her groceries and left. But according to Wells, she decided to come back after seeing her tip. People work hard for Instacart and then people take their tips away. In the video, you see the angry shopper even left a tip of her own in the form of this note. She says, in part, I work hard, pay extra for car insurance, tip baiting, not very nice. Wells tells us she was confused because she never changed her tip. She is essentially saying that I went in, got a tip to get her to deliver, and then deleted the tip afterwards. So I didn't do that, which is why I even had to pull the ring app up to figure out what she was screaming about. Well says that she's now concerned that the woman has her address and decided to come back to her home to confront her. For a couple days after that, I locked all of my doors and made sure my dogs were in here to park. It was scary. We did reach out to Instacart for a comment on the situation. We're still waiting for a response. Wells says when she made a complaint on Twitter, she received this response saying the matter was under investigation and was given a $5 credit and was told that the woman would not be hired to shop for her orders again. I said I don't need the $5 credit. I just need this not to happen again because that's worrying that she was able to come back to my house and you know after so long. Watch out if this, la if this lady delivers to you because if you don't tip her, God help you. <laughs> <laughs> So just in case you're not familiar with Instacart, after you purchase uh, an order online, you can change your tip. You can add more, you can give less depending on your service. You can also give a percentage of your total bill. That's what Wells says that she did. So if your bill ends up being a little bit less than you expected, that tip automatically is reduced. Reporting live and over the Rhine, Amber Jayanth, Fox 19 Now. Amber, thank you very much. Woman fights. Courtney, thank you very much. Woman says Thanks. the person. All right. I remember to uh, pause it this time. Remember the last few times I forget and it just keeps rolling yeah. to the next story. 
<laughs> All right. So I posted this uh, this story in a few Instacart groups, and a lot of people are, are taking very very cynical uh, approaches to this. Is that the the two theories seem to be either that the lady the the customer in the video, not not the shopper, is right. there is it just a bald faced liar saying that she never uh, cut her tip or took it back or whatever, and and she yeah. actually did, or mm-hmm. that Instacart just stole a tip but i think there's a few other theories on here is that i think what might happen is that maybe this uh shopper was doing a double or triple and one of the other customers cut or reduced or totally retracted their tip and got them mixed up or um like as they said at the end of the video there is that if you the the customer tips proportionately and you have to refund stuff it's going to cut into your tip, which is why I try not to refund stuff. I mean, it, sometimes it's a matter of just a few cents, but like when you're at BJ's or Costco, um, it can turn into a few dollars, you know? Right. So what's your theory? You think this, this lady is just a bald faced liar. Do you think Instacart stole a tip or something else? It, you know what? That's a problem. It just, it could be, it may not be necessarily a, Plain, just one reason situation of what happened. I am very cynical. I think she tip baited and freaked out that some crazy woman came back. <laughs> just, but why and, would she go on the news then? Like if if, if I if you actually well, did tip bait, I would not call the news. I would just you know get over it. Because certain people like to be victims and they'll go along with it. it but I'm not saying it's her. I don't know. It, it's we. The problem is too. The news, they love these stories of crazy shoppers, crazy dashers, crazy. They just love them because anytime any one of us act weird, they and even if it's one percent, they will put that out on TV. They'll put that out to, I don't know, they're not helping the situation. But I know you have another story that's kind of related to what's, you know, to this kind of situation. But you can't react that way if you got tip baited. You cannot react that way if you have no tip. You gotta. This is not appropriate. You just gotta suck to it be up. harassing people in their homes. You don't know who are who the person you harassing may come out that went that door to do something to you. Like it, it's not like, and that woman, that person, that shopper, just you can tell, just very angry. A lot of times you gotta just take a take a break, as Pedro says, get out the car, walk around a little bit, relax. Because you may get yourself in a situation. If someone's willing to either tip bait you or lie and say and get their food, and you come back there, what do you think they can also do? You know, you just you can't. You just gotta be careful, and it's just not worth it. Even, regardless, is it possible? Because you, you, like you said before, Instacart has a history of messing with the tips. Mm. So it's like you know that person just really angry, and they want to put that anger on something. And like you said, it could be a double bash. So how do you know if, if that person did baby you compared to the other person? So it's just not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it. I I I could believe that the customer actually did tip bait her and like her her um whatever the opposite of a smoking gun is, you know, the whatever gets you off, not what yeah. it convicts you. Yeah, yeah. Is that she could have just showed her receipt showing like, you know, showing the tip. Then you, yeah, you definitely would. But I didn't show that. No. Which makes me think, okay, that that it's certainly plausible that that this customer did tip bait this shopper. Yeah. But she was the the customer is more upset that the person came to the house. Yeah, and, and to her yeah. place, and that bothered her 
But um, even if you give no tip, you know, you should not have someone come into your house. You know, that's just, we got to have some line here somewhere that we're dealing with a lot of shoppers, a lot of people out here, dashers, ubis, that are just losing it. I don't know what else to really say. They're just losing it. I, I know how frustrating it can be to get tip baited, but like that, it happens to me like maybe once a year. It's actually pretty statistically rare. It's, you know, it's really, it's, it's not something you really need to worry about. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we have one more news story before the break. Let me see. Oh, no, we have, we're taking a break right now. All right. So we got another ad also from Middleton Technologies. This is for Maximo. This is for all you rideshare drivers. So if you're a rideshare driver, pay attention to this ad. Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. All right, so yeah, check out Maximo. Check out everything from Middleton Technologies. They also have an ad, they, are, they have an app for Amazon Flex called Flex Helper. Um, the only downside nice. is that all his apps are for Android only. So maybe someday they'll be on uh, on iPhone. But uh, that's yeah. why I got an Android. That's why I got an Android phone. Like I, I need to get I get these Leo. apps. Go away. There he goes. Sorry, Leo. Was uh, he's like dad, 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 dad. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? Um, I remember this Dennis Leary CD from like thirty years ago. Where he's like little kids like like imagine if like you acted like the way like a toddler does like boss 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 what so obnoxious and there are people who do behave like toddlers yeah. grown people yes it, it's out there by the way i'm trying to add more um moderators but there's literally my chat on my live control room is blank like I, I am not seeing you guys. I know you're there because I can see you on the, on the display, but it's not in my chat. So, so everybody who didn't yeah. get a, a wrench, sorry. I'll try to get you next week or on Wednesday. By the way, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Guess who I'm interviewing on Wednesday? Guess, guess. Tony Shu. No. Oh. It's all of our favorite gig tubers, or our favorite gig tuber. This person is. A singular, not a plural. Oh. Well, I don't want to guess wrong, so just tell me. Nugs. Nugs uh, is going to be on the show yeah. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, live. So, oh, yeah. Nugs, Nugs is my dude. Yeah. 
Actually, I have Nugs two. I have two interviews lined up for this week. So Nugs on Wednesday, and then we have Mike Baseglia from Mike Delivers Podcast. Uh, I'm interviewing him on Thursday. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, you're a busy man. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to our the show. Uh, we said, but now we're getting to like a funny news story. If I could find it, here we go. All right, so this is. Nest camera captures moment DoorDash driver's car rolls away. Not much else you really need to see or hear after that headline. This is a pretty quick video. It's only about a minute long. I don't know where this was. So you see the DoorDash driver gets out of his car. He's walking slowly up to the house between the bush and the somebody's car in the driveway. And his car is slowly rolling away. See, the problem is... The camera's like a fisheye lens, so it looks like it's like going like down a steep hill. But yeah. it's just slowly now it's down about two or three houses. Just so feel you feel bad for him. <laughs> it's just you feel bad. <laughs> not funny. It's not funny, but it's kinda of funny. Dude, if your car's escaped, it is rolling away. Your car's like I'm leaving. See? Oh yeah, I don't know I don't know if you could hear it, but the, the homeowner just said, Dude, your car's rolling away. <laughs> He said you might want to go grab it. Yeah. Is this dude, I don't know if he's high or what, because he's wearing <laughs> black slo- black socks with flip-flops. You know, I want, uh, to talk about, I want to talk about that. Should you wear open-toe shoes and deliver food? I'm against that 100%. Because, yeah. you, know, with, you know, your waiter your does not have, you know, thong sandals when you deliver your food. The, you know, there's no one in the back cooking with, why are you delivering with your flip-floppies? No, I'm against that. All right, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, yeah, I, I say you should not. Don't dress like you're going to or from the beach or to or from a pickup basketball game. Because I, I, yeah, I don't know. mind the shorts or the gym wear, but I don't want to see your feet. I don't want to see your feet when I get my food. Well, cover your feet. Does that imply? Does that apply to the ladies though? Because here in Florida. I, <laughs> Here in Florida, there's like women who like go years without wearing socks. They just wear sandals all the time, you know. Or uh, it, is, uh, it is pretty hot down there. I understand. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, that's a, a your your driver Mike, his brother Matt. Well, actually, if you've seen any of in Mike's videos, like Matt is always the model, and Mike's filming him. Yeah. And a lot of times he's wearing essentially like gym wear, or beach wear. And he's wearing slides, you know, and he, I, I don't know what's worse. If you're going to wear slides, you know, which are basically flip flops, um, should you wear them with or without socks? Like which, which is better, which is worse. I mean, they're all bad, but usually like, you know, it depends. It's a cultural thing too. It's a style thing. Like, I don't know if it's a Northeast thing. Like people will wear their slides with socks, mm-hmm. but just safety wise you're going into you're going up and down stairs you're going to places you're not familiar with yeah you really should not be doing that because you can hurt yourself and driving too yeah and, well, yeah so it's like yeah and i don't want to see your feet <laughs> i don't want to see your feet so, yeah. all right so you do either you have like a wicked foot fetish and you're just trying to deflect <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't want to see feet at yeah. all when i'm getting my chicken nuggets, i just want to see someone with regular shoes the crocs i'll give you i'll you can wear crocs i don't know if you're a croc guy uh i think like 
No, I, well, I've never seen a dude wear Crocs. I think I thought those was always a, a girl's shoe. Oh no, it's uh, up here in New York City, Brooklyn. Everyone's wearing. By the way, if uh, Kim, Kim, if you're still watching, let us know. Do you ever wear sandals or socks? I told uh, Tony Gig Mom. I told her to to tune into the show. So Tony, if you're watching, let us know in, in the chat <laughs> if you're aware uh, flip flops or slides or even you can wear you can wear sandals with the ankle strap. You know, a lot of women yeah, do, especially that, in... Yeah, so you see, when people do wear the, the Crocs, they have the ankle strap. So they're yeah. not... It's not just, like, the just the slide-ins. I guess it's a shoe when you call it that way, but still. John McKellian says, Chad has a massive foot fetish. No, no. That, of all the things to have a fetish about, why... Uh, feet? Really? <laughs> Jerry, I, I was going to say that Dave Chappelle... Uh, Dave Chappelle had a joke about that in its last special. Yeah. You know. All right, so moving on. What what else have we got? Um, all right, so we have a semi serious, semi funny story here. Out of another, we have three local news stories in a row. How do food delivery companies vet their drivers? This is something Hannibal and I have asked in the last two or three episodes. So let's yeah. play this one real quick because we keep hearing about drivers getting arrested since the start of the pandemic. Me having high risk within my household. I did not want to risk, especially with the new Delta variant being out. But last week, Mount Juliet officers ended up delivering her groceries after her Instacart driver was arrested on warrants out of We showed this on the show on the last week. Yeah, According to yeah. arrest affidavits, the driver, 28-year-old Brian Payne, is facing stalking and harassment charges after a former girlfriend filed an intimidation report and said Payne continued to harass and threaten her months later. That's really, really scary. And ironically, I, it's not, you know, usually most of my deliveries are ones in which there's no contact. But in some of my deliveries, and this one in particular, there was something I had to sign for that was a part of the delivery. So I actually would have had physical contact with this person. We reached out to Instacart, who said they use a third-party background check company and check driving records hey, for all like potential me. shoppers. <laughs> but when we asked about continued checks after they start working, Instacart says these shoppers are independent contractors and not Instacart employees. However, if they learn of an incident with a shopper, they will investigate. Johnson says they only learned about her driver after emailing her because they noticed her order was showing it hadn't been delivered. I emailed them back and just basically said, you know, I did receive my groceries. You may want to reach out to Mount Juliet Police Department and say a thank you because the person that was supposed to deliver my groceries actually ended up being arrested. The response back, the driver has been removed from her account, so they won't be matched again. Johnson's concern after getting that email, does that mean someone with a record could continue making deliveries to Middle Tennessee homes. Let's say I was not happy with a delivery um, and the review was not a good review. You have to worry about people like that have histories of stalking and harassment, how they would react to a review that may not be favorable. Now, we did reach out to Instacart about this driver. Now, all they could say is that they've addressed the situation at this time, but out of respect for the privacy of the individuals involved, they were unable to discuss a specific shopper. Now, one thing that they did mention, Holly, is if anyone's convicted of a crime, they would not be allowed to shop with Instacart. And of mm. course, this man's just accused of these crimes, not convicted at this right. time. So um, it's unclear right now if they'll still be out shopping. Certainly raising a lot of red flags for our viewers because yeah. so many people use some sort of delivery service so exactly we're following this very closely and always report something if it seems suspicious all right 
So, <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. They, they showed a story that we talked about last week or two weeks ago where the cops, you know, delivered the order that they arrested the driver. Like, it was like yeah. two weeks ago, there was a DoorDash driver arrested, and last week was an Instacart driver arrested. <sighs> like, what's going on here? Like, like they kind of ended it by saying, well, like, if they haven't been convicted yet, like, they can't, like, there's nothing they can really do about that, but still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, remember, this happened a couple of years ago with Uber, right? Like, the, it seemed like it was always some kind of sexual harassment situation that was happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they, how well their vetting process was back then. It may have been non-existent because there's always something that was happening. But I understand people need a second chance. So, like, for instance, there are some people that they, they, they're out of jail and they can't find a job. But the one thing they can do is sign up to one of these apps and they can make money. And that will help them not get into trouble. Well, I mean, right? if they're so just like, out of jail, they they shouldn't be because if they have a record, then the background... Well, I'm saying, like, that. well, that's what I'm saying. So I know of people, not, I don't know him personally, but, like, my cousin was, was talking about this. He was like, yeah, man, uh, we have my friend. He, you know, he's he got out and they couldn't... He's trying to look for work and no one would hire him, but... He's able to make a good amount of money on DoorDash. And you think, all right, you know, that hopefully that's a good positive reason. Like, hey, stay on, the, stay on the straight and narrow. But at the same time, we should have somewhat of a stringent policy because these, you know, every, we all are entering businesses. We're entering homes to a certain extent, we're entering buildings, apartment complexes. You know, if you have a record with stalking or domestic violence or theft, larceny, like, you should not be able to get on the app. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like there's certain situations that it doesn't matter, you know, second chance or not. All right, go find some other work that, you know, you may have to work a little harder to figure it out. But, you know, you can tell they're just trying to get as much workers as possible. And, and there is no background check. It's very minimal. <laughs> it's small. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a half-assed background check. And it's it's kind of weird that, essentially one company is like the background checker for like all these apps. Like there's really, there's no other companies. There's no competition. Checkers got the, the yeah. background check market cornered. Yeah. Uh, even <laughs> even the, the dog, the dog thing, they use checker. Everyone uses checker. Where's the, uh, the, the monopoly, um, what do they call it? Trust busting Senate committee on this, you know, <laughs> You know what? It, it has to take. It'll have to take something terrible to happen. Yeah. You well, know, something bad has to be happening for anyone to really care at this point. I'm, I, it, bad things, plenty of things have happened. A lot of Uber drivers. I'm, I'm assuming the worst. I mean, what? Yeah. I, yeah, you're right though. But it's crazy. This week's gig news: foot fetish. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that joke. That's from like that joke from like ten minutes ago. We need move on. Yeah, that's that's being a hack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have we have one more uh, serious news story here, quote unquote serious. Um, this is about, and it's about Uber. This is from the Motley Fool. Um, are investors overlooking Uber's potential profit problems? Uber is a pre- premier name in U.S. ride sharing, but its business model has investors wondering if profits will ever come. Now, this is I'm gonna let you guys read this, but I'm just gonna skip to the end here, where it says the bottom line. Uber's business could see a bump as the pandemic passes and ride-sharing activity bounces back when investors need to think about the high driver costs that cause Uber to lose so much money. Uber's business has operating losses of more than $18 billion, yes, billion with a B, 
since Jeez. 2018, while generating $37 billion in revenue, the large gap between the top and bottom lines could be could become a long-term issue for the company. It may be too early for investors to draw a conclusion about Uber, but there are times when a great service for consumers is a poor business for investors. If Uber cannot progress towards profitability in the next couple of years, investors may decide to look elsewhere. And I agree with this. I mean, and this is, I, I mentioned this um, last week uh, when I had the, uh, actually, if you saw my uh, interview with Valista, I said, you know, I had an interview with a CNBC reporter he was asking me, like, why is there such a shortage of Uber drivers lately? And I said, well, f- two reasons. One, the government's paying everybody to stay home. And two, all the Uber drivers probably have tried Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, Instacart, Shipped, you name it, at some point and realize that they can make way more money and drive way less miles doing delivery. So it's like, why, stress, why would you do you know, rideshare? A stranger's not in your car. And, and I said, I think that rideshare might be a fad. I think rideshare at some point is just going to kind of be something for just major major metro areas like new york chicago la yeah um yeah and i think we're probably going to go back to taxis because right now uber and lyft are basically as expensive as the traditional yellow cab taxi there's not enough of them yeah so i don't know i mean i mean uber eats i think has is you know plenty of security there um I mean, still DoorDash dominates the food delivery market, but Uber you can see Uber is is trying to play catch up. Like they bought Corner Shop, so they're already trying to compete with Instacart. Yeah. And I think we did a report last week or two weeks ago is that you can order like flowers from Instacart now. Or not Instacart, sorry, Uber Eats. Um <clears throat> and you can order like a lot of groceries through Uber Eats, which I don't I don't really get. It's like is like why would you order through Uber Eats and not Corner Shop? Because they're the same company or Will Uber brand corner shop as like maybe Uber grocery or something? I don't know. You never know. That's, that could be that could actually be a good idea too. I'm just thinking in terms of like what's going on. Like you said, there are people who are staying home, but these people may stay home. Remote remote work is more and more popular now. So that person, even in the metro area, don't need to take that Uber every day to go to office because the office is in their house. So like that, they decided to stay home, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got people who just left. Like people are leaving New York and California by hundreds of thousands every year. So they're going to other areas. They're probably taking, like I said, buying a home. They have a car now. They don't need, they don't need to use Uber and Lyft. So is it like, I don't know if it'd be a fad, but I guess, is it not... Uber and Lyft, I, I thought before this pandemic, was the one thing that sure is going to continue to increase and increase because a lot of people don't want to deal with having a car. But if you just left and you're no longer in New York City, you're mm-hmm. not in California, you're somewhere else, or you work remotely, you don't need to pay for those things. Um, and even my area, I can I can see a lot of people getting bikes. A lot of people got the e-bikes, they got scooters. They're finding other ways to travel without paying. You know, no one wants to pay, you know, the surge fee twice, you know, two X fee to go somewhere. They'll find another way to get there. So I, it, it looks like things may struggle for a bit for, I don't, for Uber and Lyft. Are you, um, do you play the stock game? Do you buy stocks? Yeah, a little bit. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get into it a little bit. Yeah. Would you, I don't know. Do you own Uber or would you consider buying Uber stock? I would not. Because right of because every yeah a lot of news said in that article yeah I think every week it's like something yeah I think there was something else where a lot of sell offs like it's not no I would not purchase one mm-hmm. purchase an Uber stock um 
well, that pretty much wraps it as far as the the news, the gig news of the week. Um, there was a gig tube, it not issue, but um, something to talk about if if you want to cover that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this isn't nearly as controversial as like the Bentley Coop incident like a month ago, but it's. It's interesting because a pretty big gig tuber, like actually one of the biggest, it's funny because like when you, it's hard to, how do you quantify how big somebody is on YouTube? Do you go by how many subscribers they have, how many all time viewers they have, or who, or how many, like who they're averaging so many views on the regular? Because I think it's more yeah. of like how many views you're getting now as opposed to, there could be people that like that were huge years ago and they just kind of faded away like it also depends on the 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 platform yeah you know like you know some really good um or really popular instacart gig tubers like they just talk about instacart like you like you talk mostly about instacart you know yeah so it depends like doordash like you know pedro i think a lot of people know pedro doordash dad Mm -hmm. in a bigger youtube space yeah probably not but in terms of our little corner you know People know them. Yeah. So anyway, um, let me bring it up here. All right. So this is a video from Jen on the Go, who I would say is definitely one of the most popular gig tubers right now. Even though she has less subscribers than me and less views than me, I'd say she's a way bigger channel. I don't know if you can see on my screen. She has, She's up to 712,000 total views, nine, about 9,550 subscribers. Um, so she made this video the other day. It says, when positivity is toxic, don't sugarcoat the gig economy. And she's talking about toxic positivity. as a, It's a buzzword I've never heard until I saw this video. And I just wanted to play like a little clip. I have it paused right here. So I'm just going to play like a minute of this so you guys can see. Don't worry because tomorrow it will be better. Because what if tomorrow isn't better? Just what if it isn't? Positivity alone is not going to pay your bills. Your market determines that. If there are no fish in the pond, you're not going to catch any fish. It's that simple. There are a lot of other YouTubers out there that are doing really well in their market, and they are showing their daily earnings of what they can earn. And I know it is so great that they are doing this, and we are all so happy for them. But please when you see other people say if i can do it you can do it it turns out you can only do it if your market will allow you to do it it is that simple that's, that's, again there is right, not to... anything that these people Pause. are doing differently except for living in a place that provides a better opportunity and, for and them the, so and this is where i really disagree with her you know i'm just we're willing to whole... move to a different location there we go all right. So, I mean, you guys can watch the whole video if you want. There's a link in the description below. Sorry my mm-hmm. computer is going so slow. I'm not trying to rhyme here. <laughs> um, so, this is something I really disagree with, is that she's saying that you can only, you know, uh, it's, it's more about your market. And, mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's some truth to that, but it's also about if you're... I think I, I think we kind of use like Nugs as an example here because Nugs is in a fairly small town or small market in right. general, 
and he pretty mm. much just does like two apps although i talked to him today and he's he's definitely doing more than two um so if you're a small fish in a small pond that's kind of her point and like you're not making bank and it, it's kind of easy to see people who are in manhattan chicago la uh seattle big cities like this who are cleaning up and and to just kind of get discouraged and like actually and i this is actually a point i made years ago is and like this is why this is why dimples on demand hates me is because she was she, i think she's in new jersey now but she was in new york at the time yeah. in brooklyn at the time i believe and she's just showing like herself making you know what i would consider a baller day for here in central florida and it's like Actually, she made a video like a week or two ago where she said she only made 200 bucks or something like that. I was like, man, I wish I was in a position where I only made 200 bucks, mm -hmm. you know? And we got into a fight about this. It was like a year, year and a half ago. And, you know, I, I try not to do this anymore, uh, although I'm doing it again right now. <laughs> um, is um, and I, I So I'm wondering if, if that's the kind, like, what I, I don't consider that toxic positivity. I just consider it like clickbait. I don't think it's quite the same. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the whole thing is that she's kind of talking about like these, you know, catchphrases and, and, you know, stay pods, you know, good vibes only, um, stuff like that. And like, if you're on Instagram or like a lot of Facebook friends, like you'll see this where they just post like these really vague inspirational quotes. Platitudes. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's a truth in it's like the the stuff on like the motivational posters and stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some of that stuff. There's a truth to it, but it's also like I find I find a lot of these inspirational quotes kind of dopey, and I'm I'm trying not I'm not saying that I agree with Jen that like I, I'm not I'm the complete opposite. Like she's saying like this is like toxic, and I'm like it's not toxic. It's just you know hacky or corny you know yeah um but i and yeah, i wouldn't cut people down work well online though they really yeah it, i know really, there there's yeah, like uh very effective uh a good a good example of that is uh john dash dastery tv if you follow on instagram like that's like 95 percent of his instagram feed is all these um you know uh motivational quotes inspirational quotes platitudes whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and for some people like they really need to see and hear that and is I don't know if like that type of stuff is what she's talking about or if she's talking about like in well probably in Facebook not so much Reddit but like in Facebook groups where like somebody has like a bad day and then somebody in the quotes like you know well tomorrow will be better um yeah I, I was like is this yeah, really I, so much of a problem that you have to like make a whole well, video Well it depends on it, it depends uh, on who I guess she I mean she didn't name drop but I feel that the market is what sets your standard of your amount of money you can possibly make. I do believe that the stand that the market does have the standards, and I guess she wants people to have a balanced if, and more realistic. Yeah, uh, if view. if you're if you're only working one app. Yeah. Yeah, like if you're um, like I, like I was saying with Nugs, you do see, like Nugs, yeah. like pretty much just does DoorDash, and if you watch a lot of his videos, like he's only making. There's some videos where he only makes like a hundred, hundred twenty bucks a day, which even by my market, yeah. which is pr pretty bad, 
um, like hundred, like for me, a hundred twenty dollars in a day is actually that would be pretty lousy. Unless, although he does pretty much only work like five or six, so one hundred twenty bucks in five or six hours is not bad. But like, um, mm. that was basically my point. Is that like, but also you can multi app, which me, UDM, you, DoorDash, we've all said this is like if you want yeah. Mike, your driver Mike, um, harps on this tremendously. Is that you know, if one app isn't working, you're going to fire up another one. You know, you're going to try different things. If you want to get by as a gig economist, um, you can't just, man does not live by DoorDash alone or in Instacart alone, you know? Right. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. I'll, I'll let, go back. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I can think of, of, I don't know, like I said, toxic, it, you know, depends on the words, but when you go on a Facebook group or you go on a Reddit group and someone will post they made $1,600, $1,700 in a week or that, you know, and they're in California and they may get this, that supplement from the Prop 22. Someone else that's in a different area may get discouraged because like, man, I can't make that. Or I, I don't know if that's weak. And right, someone will post that. I made $1,800 this week. Go get it. Go get that money. Get that bag. Yep. And it's like, well, I don't. No matter how long I'm gonna be outside, if I'm in a certain town like Idaho or in Ohio or something like that, I, there's no way that's ha happening. So I don't yeah. know if that is what she's talking about. It may not be any gig tubers because I don't really see anyone that is overly positive. What about to the point where they're literally saying, you know what I mean? So well, that's what I, I thought she got it from. I think to me that's sounds exactly like UDM. Isn't UDM very positive? Isn't UDM always saying like he he showed a lot of screenshots of, you know he he's doing two three hundred dollar days, but also UDM yeah. has like a super super hustle drive, you know he's very very dedicated to, yeah. and a lot yeah, of that he, he's also kind of he also tells you like if you can't make it if you can't get it if you can't make it then go you know get out yeah. so that's so he's kind of keeping it real too he's like hey listen if you can't make it then mm -hmm. move on. So yeah. I, I, I want to make, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, there's so many videos I want to make. I just never get around to it. So there's something, a video or like a treatise that I would like to, to, I need to sit down and write it out, but I'll give you a quick overview. So I, okay. especially like this is specific to gig tubers, but it could really be gig workers in general is that, um, so imagine you have a line that on one end is black and one end is white, like black pilled being like pessimistic, negativity, doubt, rage. And on the other end is white. The white pilled is like, you know, positivity, optimism, but also like, so I would say like gig tubers who make videos um, like how you and I do is that there so do you have like the black pill people on one end and the white pill people on, on the other end and if if you don't know these buzzwords i mean it's like kind of a reference to the matrix but it's also i mean i've heard this just around like you have to like you know you've heard like the red pill and the blue pill but they also say mm -hmm. black pill and white pill like black pill is like you're super negative cynical you know and doubtful about the future and white pill is being optimistic and and uh you know uh hopeful for the future and I would say like, so you have the, these two extremes, black on one end and white on the other end. And then in the middle where the, the shades of gray are is I would like to say that that's where I am is the realist where it's like, I see both the negative and positive, but I'm trying to show you right. like, it's not that bad, but it's not that great either. And I think a lot of the right. gig tubers that are on the, the black pill spectrum 
are they make the kind of more rage bait type videos where like everything is like the end of the world or mm-hmm. can you believe corporation x did this or whatever and on the other end uh, uh, the white pills are and they might not even really be white pill they might just be what we would call uh, well the most the meanest phrase would be corporate shills but there might also there are people who are making i think there's a difference between clickbait and rage bait clickbait is tend to be more positive rage bait is more negative and actually the way that the news works in the last seven years or so is that mm-hmm. it went from clickbait to rage bait and so i would say like the white pilled people are more clickbaiters and the black pilled people are more rage baiters and i would say I, it's funny because i've watched jen since she started and she started out on the the to the to the white uh pilled spectrum uh, and then she slowly moved black pilled over the last year or two and mm-hmm. um some of the and it's funny because I would say like probably the three biggest gig tubers, um, I'm not going to name names, but the people have like the highest subscriber count and the most total views count um, are more like on the white pilled spectrum. Although I will say that they do make kind of clickbaity videos in general where they're not really criticizing corporations. They're just saying like, hey, there's money out there to be made, and like this is how I do it, and you can do it too. And although, which isn't to say, I mean, you could be anywhere on that spectrum and still make clickbait videos. And uh, I think that's like, for me, it's kind of like my problem is that I'm so in the middle and I'm such a a realist, for for lack of a better term, is that like, I'm not really making clickbaity or ragebaity videos. I mean, like I make things every once in a while that are, could be either one of those. Um, But I I don't know what, like the algorithm just hates me. I am not getting... You know, I'm not even like what would be a lousy performance for Nugs or Tanner Markley or somebody like that um, would be a really good video for me. So um, that's kind of my my little rant. There is, um, I and I, I think I might make a whole video about this when I can just sit down and like script it out and like I'd actually like to do some graphics too. Is uh yeah, so like there's like I said, there's a spectrum of gig tubers or gig workers. And, like you you and like going by like either people you know in real life or people you see in the Facebook groups or in Reddit on Twitter or whatever, is that they tend to fall in one of these, there's somewhere in the spectrum of between black-pilled, you know, rage, I can't believe, like, you know, the gig economy is a scam, this is all, like, or the white-pilled where, hey, you can, it's, like, to the absolute extreme, is like the get-rich-quick grifter yeah. kind of scheme. So, yeah. um, uh, probably the worst of that of all time is probably, remember the Rideshare Hub? The, uh, the kid who looked like McLovin. <laughs> I I've, know. Yeah, no, I, I think I've heard of that, but no, I haven't seen any yeah. videos. No. So, and I, I'm I'm sorry to ramble, but that's that's about it. And but my <laughs> point was that that Jen is is she's moved she's moving ever so slightly more and more black pilled all the time, at least in my opinion. And you should invite her to your uh, show. Talk about it. I, I've asked her many times, and. Uh, yeah, that ain't no, going to happen. <laughs> you know, it, but that's the beautiful thing about YouTube, though. It, I I subscribe to so many. So I like to get a little bit of everything. I like, you know, I, when I go to the buffet table, I'm grabbing everything. I get some of some, the shrimp. I get some salads and chicken. Like, I like, so I like the, the rage bait stuff. I like, I'll, I'll check everything out. I have no uh, problem. Remember the, the video that you told me about uh, or a couple of days ago that was critical of part time drivers 
which I, I guess I'm considered a part-time oh, door yeah. da- a dasher. Yeah. And how, you know, my perspective is different than a full-time dasher. Like, I would so, say that that dude that made that video, yeah, he's more on the black belt spectrum. Yeah. Um, but I, it's funny. I, already, I was already subscribed to, to him, and I, I check his stuff out too. But then we all is. It really depends on what, where you are and what you're interested in. Like, what what content gravitates towards you? Like, are you, you know, yeah, you should. My opinion, you should subscribe to a little bit of everything. Don't stay with the rage based stuff. That just makes you really. It just doesn't make you feel great. You should get some positivity in there as well. It's a, life should be about balance, not sticking in one group. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I think we could hash this out more in depth. And I'm like, I, I'm not trying to start a war with Jen, but I thought that particular video needed um, to have somebody respond to it. And I, it's funny because I find that a lot of her videos, like, well, I mean, not not just her, but like, there's a there's a lot of geek tubers who, like, 90, 95, 99 percent of their comments are just agreeing with them no matter what the topic is so it's like they're almost it's like this kind of cult of personality and i i i mean i've been on the internet since 1995 so like i am so used to being criticized and ridiculed and and people telling me you know you're fat you're ugly you're stupid you know mm-hmm. you got no whatever like it, it just completely I, you know just rolls off my back by now um and i think a lot of that kind of goes to people's heads is that if they never like they're 15 minutes of fame is making, you know, uh, YouTube videos for a very, very niche audience. And, you know, the vast, vast majority of the comments are agreeing with whatever they say is that when somebody disagrees, they just flip out. This is why, um, this is why that's basically why Jen doesn't like me. It's because in the past, not, not in a long time, but in the past, I would try to give her constructive criticism and, and she was are just, you nice when you do it yeah well nice, <laughs> i like i said i haven't i haven't commented on i don't comment on her videos anymore yeah. because if it's not if it's not hey you're 100 percent right i love you um she doesn't want to hear it so i hear that yeah. yeah and it's funny because i actually agree with a lot of stuff she says like she's done a great job exposing instacarts um like from the inside um, like how the you know the, the the way the pay works and trying to you know try to cycle out old shoppers actually in Valdestat and I basically had the same conversation last Wednesday so check out uh, my interview with Valdestat if you didn't see it but um, you know they basically had the same same point and and in, in, in like exposing like shoppers and like that like you know uh, not so much shop or like customers who who say something was missing or damage when they just and they commit fraud yeah but like that's like her whole channel now it's like her channel started out like here here's how you do instacart here's how you make more money and then it just turned into can you believe what instacart is doing now <laughs> and obviously i'm, I'm exaggerating for comedic effect here <laughs> folks um so yeah i mean jen if you're watching you have an open invitation to come on my show anytime um so yeah let me know but uh, like I said, I'm not trying to start a, a flame war with her. You know, if you're uh, the the two fans that I have, you know, please don't go on on Jen's comments and be like, "Oh, Chad totally owned you," you know, stuff like that. Um, I'm not trying to do that. Just a difference of opinion. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, so, but it's also the 
I think like when you use a woke buzzword like toxic positivity sincerely, like you kind of lose a lot of credibility with me. And actually, I looked it up on um, uh, UrbanDictionary.com. I had a screenshot here. Let me see if I can find it. But mm. um, but when you use the word toxic anything like toxic masculinity some something that's like that's a very much in the twitter verse and not so much in real life when you start using these terms um sincerely you know i i it's hard for me to take you seriously you know that, yeah. that's like a term i would use you know ironically or sarcastically yeah Let's well you yes go, computer <laughs> sorry my computer is just slow to a crawl this, like this PC I have is probably mm, six or seven years old. I remember when I bought it, it came with Windows 8, and I hated Windows 8. And I actually um, was able you to. Was a little older than six and seven years? Yeah, I, I downgraded to Windows 7. All right, so here we go. Now it's on as Windows 10. Toxic positivity, an internet wide phenomenon of suppressing discourse, such as constructive feedback, pointing out flaws, and suggesting improvements. People making any of these are deemed rude, offensive, and are ousted to great lengths due to the mentality of the necessity of walking on eggshells and forcing positivity so as not to hurt anyone's feelings and create a facade of perfect paradise. People can't improve or face reality when toxic positivity prohibits anyone from calling out any problems they may have. All right, so that's from UrbanDictionary.com. I'm going to take that for what it's worth. But, um, yeah, so... Um, I get, I was trying to I can never figure out a way to end these shows. So, um, mm -hmm. I know you have a video coming up. You're doing a live stream tomorrow night, right? Yeah, it's the first live stream I've done. I realized I haven't done. It. I'm like, why? Well, let me try this out, and I'm going to talk about the most controversial thing that YouTube may pick up and just delete the channel. So this may be the last time you'll be seeing me. They may <laughs> bag me up and take me somewhere. I'm well, as long as you don't make like an assertions, like you, if you I'm, put like yeah. disclaimers in there. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about fine. 5G calls or anything. All I'm just yeah. talking about, the, the, you know, talking about um, vaccines. Actually, John in the chat was just talking about it. He thinks it's going to happen where will independent contractors get the vaccine mandate, mm -hmm. you know? And we're going to discuss that. Hopefully, I'll bring some people in, see who's interested in talking. I, well, I got the StreamYard account. We can go in and talk and have some fun. Cool. And yeah, like I said, I'm interviewing Nugs on Wednesday and Mike delivers on Thursday. Nice. And uh, like I said, Jen Dimples on the band, they have an open invitation to come on my show anytime they want. And there's there's actually there's cer certain gig tubers I won't name who are friends with them who when I've asked them to come on my interview show and they won't because they're friends with them and they feel like um, they would be betraying their trust or whatever or, or whatever it is, but um yeah so whenever i put out a call i say who should i have on the show and people start listing names like there's certain people i'm like yeah they're never gonna do the show in a million years <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so check oh by the way i finished um not chad's charity challenge but i finished the 25 push-ups a day challenge for the month of july for american cancer so i did a video where i showed all 775 push-ups yeah, i reduce it down i sped up the speed so it's only like a five or six minute video. Um, I will say it was nice this morning to wake up and not have to do 25 pushups. <laughs> I hear that. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I'm not going to take my shirt off, but 
I was gonna, I was gonna throw a joke like that, but I was like, let me just keep it to myself. <laughs> I yeah, something I noticed is that like, if you if you watch that video, you notice the first few days, like I'm only going like halfway down, and then by the end, I'm going all the way down yeah, uh, yeah. on the push-ups. And uh, yeah, for a while there, my chest was like super tight. It's more like in my back now, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I still, I mean, I still do a chest workout uh, two days a week, so. Um, but it'll be nice to just be doing it two days a week instead of every day. So, all right. So if you watch all the way to the end, you are awesome. If you're not already subscribed to Hannibal's channel, I don't know what you're doing. There's a link in the description below. Yes. Um, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter while you're at it. Follow me on Instagram and, t- and Twitter and uh, Facebook while you're at it. And uh, we will see you guys next week. All right. So thanks for watching. Bye.